of the quirks about our home in Monroe is that I rarely enter through the front door. First of all, it's located at a very strange place on the side of the house. And secondly, our driveway is right in front of the garage door there, and I can just hit the button, and I can walk through the garage. Plus, there's a mini-fridge right there that I can grab my Diet Coke on the way into the house as I go in. Last week, I was going for a walk, and so I went out the front door, and I was surprised at how untidy it looked and how unwelcoming it appeared. There's a dead plant there with cobwebs that have leaves trapped in them, an unswept doormat, and there's moss growing on the sidewalk. (laughs) And uh, in fact, it looked dramatically different than it did this last summer when I'm outside all the time, or even at Christmas when I was out doing lights and decorating the front door there. Just as our front entrances can deteriorate from lack of attention, so too can our openness to hospitality. Like me, you've probably had seasons where you had people over all the time, perhaps once a week or once a month. And then there's been long seasons where you can't think of the last person who you invited over to your house. Well, this week is our fourth and final message on our series on love. And today we're going to be looking at loving people through hospitality, as described in Scripture. And as we do, I believe that we can be encouraged in our potential for growth Uh, in our love toward one another, and uh, growth in our uh, spiritual awareness. And so first of all, hospitality is a sign of appreciation. Romans 15.7 tells us to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And so when we show hospitality to others, we are expressing our gratitude to God for inviting us into his house. And not only were we invited as guests, we were welcomed as part of the family. The people of Israel were to treat foreigners in a particular way, and it was based on a principle. We see this in Leviticus 9, 33-34, where God shows his command regarding hospitality in the promised land. When a a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Let's look at that verse for a moment from a different perspective. What if you had children who were traveling in a foreign country, perhaps Europe, and they found themselves in need? What would you hope in regard to the citizens of that country, as far as their treatment of your child. I think you would hope that they would take them in and treat them like family, that they wouldn't harm them, that they wouldn't take advantage of them. And if they were hungry and they had run out of money, you hope that they would be fed by somebody. You hope that people would recognize them as strangers in a strange land, and they would go out of their way to reach out to them. Well, we have strangers all around us. These people have not yet become citizens of heaven. And the amazing thing is that many of them don't know it. And it's not until they come into close contact with Christians that they become aware of their need. The best way to introduce them to the Christian life, though, is to invite them into your home. 
You'd think it'd be inviting them to church, right? But church is a very awkward place to get to know people. There are all kinds of strange rules and rituals and things that we do and things that we don't do. And so it can be very intimidating coming to a church. But going into somebody's home is much different, especially if you take pains to make that a comfortable visit. It's actually refreshing for the person to see that you don't have everything together in your life. You might be saying, well, my life is in shambles. My house is a mess. That's okay. Theirs probably is too, right? They might think, wow, this person is normal and has a messy bathroom just like I have. Now let me talk for a moment about our intended guest. The easiest person to invite into your house is a close friend. Close friends can drop by almost any time. And we're excited to see them because they also have something to offer us. They add to our lives in a significant way. We can be ourselves. We can let our hair down, kind of say what we feel and what we mean. We don't really have to go out of our way to change our schedule, clean things up and get things going. They could just sit down at the meal that we're already preparing. And so, these friends can just show up on a moment's notice. The second easiest would be people that we know from church that we like. And so we want to get to know them a little better. We think, oh, we have something in common with them. And we invite them over to our house, right? But there are two types of guests that fall into this uh, thing that we see in Romans 12, 13. It says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to uh, show hospitality. And so these are the kinds of people, our friends who are Christians and the people here at church. But our next point here about hospitality is that it can get pretty difficult. We see that hospitality can be hard. 1 Peter 4.9 encourages us to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, why would Peter have to say this without grumbling? I think it's because the majority of our guests are not supposed to be our friends and people that we like from church. These are people that we should invite, but they're not the main ones that Scripture focuses on. Listen to the, some of the other types of guests that we're supposed to invite into our home, according to Isaiah 58.7. We are to share our bread with the hungry, bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Invite a naked guy over here. <laughs> Imagine going down to the homeless shelter and picking somebody out tonight. Hey, how'd you like to come watch the Super Bowl at my house, right? And so, this would be probably one of the most uncomfortable things to do, to have dinner. And not only that, as they're leaving, make sure that they have enough for a couple of weeks of food, right? This gets a little bit more difficult to wrap our minds around, doesn't it? Arguments begin to rise in our thoughts like, what if they steal from me? Or, I'm sure they're going to stink up my house really bad. Or, isn't that what homeless shelters are for so I don't have to do that? Or, then they'll know where I live and they'll start coming all the time to bother me for food and money. There's a story about a kind-hearted woman 
who was alive during the Depression. And I quote, Occasionally she would hear the voice of her son cry out, Mom, there's an old guy at the back door. Maribel went straight to the door and welcomed the stranger in. Sit yourself down here in the kitchen, she said warmly. I've got something here I think you'd like. Then she would carve him a big slice of ham and heap fresh cooked beans on the plate with a thick piece of homemade bread on the side. It was a ritual Maribel went through often when the tramps came by, as they often did because uh, the word was out that she was a kind lady. Years before, her father had disappeared one day, and she vowed that she would never let a stranger go hungry because she didn't want her father treated in that way. Consider now, though, an even harder kind of guest to invite into your home. They're described in Romans 12, 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Bring my enemy in my house? Are you nuts? But before we get too worked up, let's consider who are our true enemies? I believe the most insidious enemy that we have are the enemies to the gospel. This would be somebody with a view that was extremely anti-biblical. And the Bible tells us to feed them and give them something to drink. In fact, part of the word for hospitality comes from the Latin word hostis, which means stranger or enemy. It's also where we get the word hostile from. Noted uh, Greek Testament scholar Kenneth Samuel Wust said, Heaping burning coals on their heads referred to the custom in Bible times where a homeowner needed to keep his fire hearth going all the time in order to ensure uh, that there was fire for cooking and warmth. If it went out, he would have to go to a neighbor for some live coals, sometimes an enemy. And these uh, coals he would carry on his head in the oriental style of the time. And so if he would get heaping coals on his head, that was his enemy or his neighbor providing for him. For us, I think sometimes it's the burning question, why would somebody treat me so nicely that doesn't like me? And so when you invite your enemy in, or somebody that's an enemy to the gospel, or even your political affiliation to your home, you're heaping burning coals on their head by providing for them that thing that they need the most, a welcome and a loving relationship. Next, we see that hospitality is expected. When elders are picked uh, to lead a particular church, there are certain prerequisites that are uh, given to us in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Both, both lists include hospitality as a qualification. And I think one of the main reasons that it's in that list is because as church leaders, we need to know our people. We need to get to know them, not just in passing here at church, but to sit down together and to enjoy that company and conversation, to really get to know who they are, what their needs are, what their past is. Right? We just had the Simpsons over this last weekend, Friday night. And I learned many things. I've been here a year, and there were things I didn't know about them that we learned just in that night of conversation. 
I learned that Morgan's a really good card player and she beat me. <laughs> so I'm going to get my revenge tonight or something. So. And so we can sit down with them at the dinner table and share food. I want to focus for a moment on what hospitality is as described in different cultures so that we get an idea of how we can strive to excel in this important area of the Christian life. The definition for hospitality is friendly and welcoming to strangers and guests. In ancient cultures, it meant food, shelter, and safety. This is specifically seen in the story of Lot, where angels actually came to visit Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot would not let them stay in the public square. He invited them into the house. In the Greek culture, being treated hospitably was seen as a right of citizenship. In Judaism, the guests were escorted to the road and blessed with safe travels. In Christianity, foot washing was an important ritual that expressed welcome and an act of service toward them. One of the uh, things that we see too here in this passage is about entertaining guests. And how does this translate into our modern culture? How do we entertain them? Well, one thing we can do is we can invite people to stay overnight. One pastor friend of mine said that Christians should never stay in hotels. They should be able to show up in any city in the world, find a church, and be welcomed into people's homes. But we become such a strange culture, right? How many of you, even when you were on vacation, ever actually even went to another church to check it out? to get to know other believers. How many of us would boldly want to stand up at a church gathering like this and say, hey, we need a place to stay tonight? <laughs> or here's a more pressing question. What if somebody stood up this morning and said, hey, I need a place to stay tonight? How many would be like, what a, i got to get out of <laughs> here? And also in the area of entertainment, we see um, recreation, Right? How many times have we had people over to the house and we just plop down in front of the TV, you know, okay, we'll just flip through the channels and then they'll leave hopefully pretty soon, right? Entertainment, maybe calling them up, hey, what would you guys like to do when you come over? Or opportunities to get to know each other. We like to play board games or card games with people. People have done that with us and it was such a great way to get to know one another. One time I was, uh, when I was uh, younger, I was just out of prison actually, and I went to this um, couple's house. They had uh, four children. And one of the daughters, <laughs> this still blows my mind, they said, Jamie, would you go get the guitar and play for us? And she went back and played. She's still like this today. And by the way, she has ten kids of her own now, right? Nine boys, and they finally had a girl last uh, couple months ago. Just a beautiful, it was so beautiful to me. And I think it was beautiful because it was so unusual. And it was so unusual to see a daughter of her age, I think she was probably 16 at the time, you know, say, you know, yeah, I'd love to do that. Instead of, Dad, what are, you know, again, right? Because they were a hospitable family. They loved having guests. They loved sitting around talking. They loved singing together, talking about the scriptures, and they're still that way today. Finally, we see that hospitality is rewarding. Even though it's hard Hospitality has many benefits that are set forth in Scripture. One is found in Hebrews 13, too. 
It says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some of you have entertained angels unaware. Angels in your home. I've always been fascinated by this verse. It seems to indicate that sometimes angels present themselves in human form form, in order to interact with us, or maybe even test us, right? Back at St. Andrews, I think I've told you guys about Jim, Jim Fink, right? Jim Fink was, he was kind of an odd person, you know, just he's one of he's very loud and and he would get worked up about stuff, and, you know, he, I think he was on the autistic scale a little bit, so it was a little bit difficult to deal with him. He didn't really shower that much. Just a strange guy. And one day I was thinking, I bet Jim's an angel. I bet Jim was sent to test us as a church, to see what we would do with kind of one of the least of these, my brothers. And so we're driving in the car one time. I was taking him to the bus station, and I was thinking, I bet you angels are not allowed to lie. So I'm going to ask him directly, you know. And so I did. I said, Jim, are you an angel? He said, wouldn't that be interesting? (laughs) (laughs) Angels unaware, right? This was the case for Abraham when he entertained angels in Genesis 18. But more than the benefit of a chance of encounter with an angel... Jesus tells us that we are actually showing him hospitality when we invite strangers into our home. I find this in Matthew 25, 35. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Besides these scriptural benefits, we also see natural benefits of stepping outside of our own selfishness to serve others. And it's hard, isn't it? So many times we serve in so many ways in our work situations or, you know, even in, you know, being out in the public, that our home is kind of like our sanctuary. All right, I can just not think about anything but myself here, you know, whatever. And it's hard to open up your home. It's hard to let people into your life, to see the dirt and the grime and the way you're acting. But remember that Jesus said, He came not to be served, but to serve. And if we are considered to be his disciples, that we should do the same. Another thing is the natural conversation in the home. And that's the best way to present scriptural truths, to talk about the Bible. And it's not weird and unnatural, like you're standing at the corner and you start talking to some guy about the Bible, and he's looking at you like you're a nut. In your home... They can see you're just normal people who love the Lord. In conclusion this morning, as I thought about the steps we could take as a congregation to become more hospitable, I think that it's a hard time many times for us to invite an unbeliever into our homes. We panic, don't we? To think about maybe even inviting somebody from church. And Maybe you lived in a, live in a very closed circle right now. Maybe almost all your friends are Christians. Maybe you don't even know any unbelievers hardly. But I want to encourage you in the weeks and months ahead to expand your circle of friends. And the best way I can think to do that is through the ministry of hospitality. It's very hard to have a, a concern for a lost person if you don't even know them. If they're just a passing shadow in the driveway next to you at night, right? 
And to be honest, sometimes we don't want to get to know them. We think, I've got enough trouble of my own. I don't need to hear about all their weird troubles too and take that on. You know, I'll bet the innkeeper at Bethlehem kind of thought the same thing. I don't want to have anything to do with this pregnant woman and the mess that's going on around this. Who even knows what's going on? But then God softened his heart and he did open up his home to hospitality, the manger, you know, as humble as it was, at least they had some place to go to have Jesus. And you might think that your place is humble and not much of a home to entertain guests, but if a stable was good enough for Jesus, your messy home will suit him just fine as he comes in the form of a stranger. I encourage you this month, Set a goal. I'm going to invite one couple, one family, one person to my home. And start with the easy one, okay? A friend. And then go to something a little bit more difficult. A person at church that I don't know very well. Invite them into your home. Then I challenge you within, before the summer, I want every single person here to try to invite a neighbor Like, start with somebody that you've actually actually even said hi to, you know, right? And invite a neighbor over. It's going to be challenging, but I bet it's going to be very rewarding. You're going to see, meet people in a new way, see them in a new way. That's how congregations grow, through friendship, right? We did a little ad campaign on Facebook, and I think we had one person that showed up. Because people don't know us from anybody, but they know you. They know you. And you're the best way they can get to know the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are so hospitable toward us. That you've welcomed us into your home. And you give the example of uh, Israel and how they were to treat people, aliens and strangers in a strange place. Father, I think of my neighbor, our neighbor, um, this Indian couple from India, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to step out in courage and invite them to uh, our home. They've already invited us to theirs, Lord. And so, Father, help us to be hospitable to those around us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.